Hey, welcome to another episode of Self to Society. My name is Dennis Gable. I'm your host. Whew. Today we're going to be talking about loss. Uh, loss has many different experiences. Be, uh, experiencing loss isn't simply death. Um, it isn't simply relationships. It isn't simply a job. It isn't simply friendships. But to experience loss means that we have something that uh, in some way we feel will never go away. And then when it is taken from us or when it disappears or when it no longer exists in our life, then we have this, uh, this emotional experience of, of no longer having something that we thought we were going to have. And so when we have something that feels very secure, whether it be a job or a marriage or a family member, uh, like a parent. And then that thing is, is no longer there, whether we took it from ourselves or somebody took it from us, we experience loss. Uh, and when we experience loss, the, uh, when we experience loss, the hardest part about it, in my opinion, is simply what we can no longer rest in. It's the idea that we were very certain and stable about something. And when that something is no longer there, the certainty and the stability of that thing is what causes a lot of the emotional pain. Uh, when it comes to like the death of a parent or relative, there's experiences there uh, that probably fall outside of the boundary of what I'm saying because of emotion uh, our biological attachment to one another, even maybe our spiritual attachment to one another. Um, the the other thing that um, that I think this has to do with would be love. When we lose love, we had created in ourselves this feeling of love. Uh, there's a comedian who's named Chris D'Elia, and he said uh, he has this funny bit about love not being real. Um, but the only reason that love exists is because two people just spend enough time together that they fall in love and they never stop hanging out until they stop hanging out. Uh, and it's kind of funny cause it's kind of true when we, when we think about, uh, love and relationships, we just spend time with people so intensely, uh, or for so long that the emotion that we feel about that person doesn't necessarily feel like emotions that we feel about all of the other people who we don't spend quite as much time with. I hope that makes sense. Um, but when we lose a job or uh, when something is taken from us uh, rapidly, uh, the feeling that we have of, of loss is simply the security of it. We're, we're no longer settled and secure in something that we thought we had. Uh, I'm going to relate a couple different of my experiences and, and hopefully work us to a place where we can understand how loss has affected us and how we can heal moving forward. Let's go with uh, loss in the way of death. Uh, I'm 36 years old. I've lost both my parents. My mom died uh, 10 years ago this year and my dad died nine years ago this year. And when it first happened, when I, when that loss was first there, when I realized that I was no longer going to ever have a conversation with my mom or dad. 
the feeling of uh, almost despair was hard to hard to put words to. It's still hard to put words to. It's still hard to put words to the reality that I will never have another conversation with the two people who brought me into the planet onto the planet and raised me to adulthood. Uh, it's weird to think about those two people never meeting my children. And when, when they were, when they died, the feeling for me was almost like confusion. I was confused. Uh, I've, I cry on occasion about each of my parents at different times in different places. Um, I remember them both very differently in terms of like how I choose to honor and remember them. I do that differently because they were very different people. And I, I don't get hung up on the emotional loss. I'm still just really confused <laughs> at how to explain to my kids certain parts of my personality or who I am based on the realization that they will never meet my parents. So that's one form of loss for me. I know some people take loss uh, in terms of death and they, they hold on to this idea, this emotional idea of the loss. I didn't do that. Uh, it's not necessarily in my nature to do that as a type seven on the Enneagram. It's a wonder that I take the time and energy to feel anything, (laughs) let alone making something about the emotional experience, which most people I think do when they experience death. Uh, it's an easy, not an easy, I don't want to say it that way. It's something that we can simply attach emotion to and, uh, there's some amount of time that we can even make decisions and justify those decisions based on that loss that we've experienced. I'm not saying that everybody does that. I'm not saying that's a normal practice. I'm just saying I've, I've witnessed it and it's real. Um, I have other friends who have experienced the same loss of parents and they hold on to it very emotionally. Like they have a hard time talking about their mother or father that loss for them is still very real. It's very right here and right now for them all the time. And for me, um, I choose, I, well, I guess I've made the choice over many years for it to, to experience differently, experience it differently. I want to talk to my kids about my parents. I don't want to feel sad every time I do that. Um, so that's how I choose to do that. Uh, how about loss of job? Um, I recently went through that where something that I thought was going to be stable for a long amount of time was no longer stable. It's fucked me up a little bit, if I'm being honest, um, because some of it felt like it had to do with my my worthiness or my ability, um, the value that I bring to other people in the world. Some of that is why I haven't been very active on Instagram uh, over the past couple weeks. I uh, haven't been kind of doing my normal routine. And there's a portion there for me where I'm trying to reestablish my worth. Uh, this kind of loss was very interesting because it uh, it feels like it attacks my skill set, what I bring to the planet, what I bring to other people. And when that's pulled away, I think it's normal to start questioning those things. For me specifically, uh, it, it felt very natural for me to make this self-deprecating um, and so the self-deprecation of this, uh, is a real thing. So for me, it, it felt a lot like a personal 
Well, it was fucking personal. I guess that's, that's the hardest part about it is my parents dying. That loss was not personal to me. My parents made decisions uh, about their health and their, uh, the drug use and the drinking and smoking and da, 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 that affected how long they lived. Didn't, I couldn't have controlled that any way that I wanted to with this. Uh, it was very personal. It felt personal. It still feels very personal. And so I've had a hard time bouncing back from this one. Um, yes. When we, when we go through this, I think a lot of people, this happens to men a lot. Uh, if you're not a man, you may not understand this, but being a man, I can speak to it. Uh, there are story after story after story after story of men who got laid off or lost their job and didn't work again for 10 or 15 years. They chose to become the stay-at-home dad or they chose to almost like recluse into a different type of role in their family. Um, and that happens often. Uh, for men, this typically will bring some sort of depression. Uh, it, uh, if, if you know somebody who's a man who's lost a job and uh, they typically did one of two things. Sometimes there's a middle ground. I feel like I'm kind of in this middle ground space, but they either started working out every day and found a job immediately, or they put on 50 pounds, changed their eating habits or their dieting habits or their drinking habits, and something changed. Men are really interesting creatures of control. Uh, we don't necessarily have to control other people or everything around us, but feeling like we have control of ourselves is a large factor for men. Um, and when we lose that control, we no longer feel like the king or the warrior or uh, the hunter that has to go get the things that hunters have to go get. We we um, feel like we somehow lessen because of that experience. Again, it's not every man on the planet. Uh, that is my experience right now. I've had a really fucking tough time uh, going through this transition and I'm still looking for work. If I'm being honest, uh, I would love to have posted this episode and be like, oh man, but I fought through and everything's fucking perfect. It's not every day. I still uh, am relatively stressed. I have a certain emotional level of uh, overcoming that gets me and uh, I'm working through that in as many ways, uh, as many healthy ways as I can. Some of them aren't healthy, if I'm being honest. Uh, what's another one? Um, loss of love. This one is really interesting for me. Uh, if you've listened to many of the episodes or really any of the episodes, what you'll probably have heard is that, um, I, well, my ex and I are still legally married because I wanted to adopt my daughter. We just have been kind of lazy about fulfilling the paperwork. Um, but separated from my ex for over a year now, um, it was a decision I made. Um, it was a decision that I made after making other really shitty decisions, like being unfaithful and lying about it and lying not only to her, but to myself and to some of my very best friends on the planet. Um, being wildly overcome by the shame and guilt of that and letting it change me. Um, looking at my, in the mirror and seeing who I was becoming is part of the reason why I started in therapy uh, 10 or 11 months ago, because I knew that if I didn't catch myself, I would fall fucking so far. I would fall so far. 
And so I did the thing that I thought was best to do, even though it was scary. And I found a therapist and I submitted myself to that process. And, um, you know, to even today, it's not any easier, uh, when you go through that sort of love and loss and marriage as one example of that, where you get married and you say vows and it's supposed to be forever. And then it ends up not being forever. That fucks with you. Um, especially for me being a male, having testosterone and all the weird chemical shit that testosterone does. Uh, I have continued to prove myself self-deprecating over and over and over and over. Um, I've done my best to a try to believe that I'm doing the best I can now and B destroying my brain, like just utterly and completely setting a bomb off on in the, the emotional parts of my brain on purpose, fucking on purpose. Um, until last night, which I don't think this episode is coming out right away. Actually, I don't know when I'll release it. Anyway, last night is irrelevant because I don't know when I'm going to release this. Um, but last night I went through my phone and I deleted over a thousand pictures. And in those 1000 pictures were, um, pictures of me and my ex and my kids and, uh, pictures of her and I on our anniversary dinner and, uh, pictures of our family before we left and moved to Nashville, which is where a bunch of the shit kind of fell apart. Um, and every once in a while, maybe every week or two for the last year plus, I've gone back through that photo album and looked at those pictures and thought, man, you really fucked this up. And I did fuck it up. Uh, I, I'm in a space now where I'm not glad that I fucked it up, but I'm happy to be where I am. And I can tell you that the emotional, the loss of that relationship and even the, um, the dynamics, uh, is hard to deal with. And I know many of you that, uh, follow on Instagram and listen on the podcast have been through some deep emotional hurts in that way. Um, some of you have been cheated on. Some of you have done the cheating. Some of you have been abused and left and abandoned and divorced. And I just want to encourage you in this moment that the self-deprecation part of this is kind of normal. <laughs> uh, to look back, whether you are on the accuser side or the victim side or you're right in the middle of the two to look at yourself in the mirror and say, man, I really fucked that up because I, A, allowed this shit to go on. I allowed for this behavior. I, you know, stood by and supported this kind of behavior. Uh, that can be really traumatizing on a human because what we're doing essentially is internalizing somebody else's pain and somebody else's acting out of that pain. And uh, maybe on the other side of it, you were the one who caused the offense. And so you're looking at yourself in the mirror thinking, God, I never thought I would do something like that. Who am I? Why would I do that? How did I end up here? What a shitty person I am. How is anybody going to ever trust me or love me? Uh, at least those are the thoughts that I've had. And so we get to almost our, the, 
the end of our mental rope on some of these things. And I think for many of us, we just stay a tad numb. What I'm begging you, I'm begging you to not stay numb, to not be numb or bitter or self-justifying. I know that I have fucked up in some ultimate ways. (laughs) Um, I don't pretend to be a good person. I tried to be a good person. Um, I tried to be caring and loving and giving of myself. Uh, But what for me in the losses that I've experienced now, what I'm learning more than anything is self-love or self-compassion even and a deeper resilience. So it's time after time after time after the older we get, the more of this shit we experience, the more we feel, the more we'll have to go through. And each and every time it's us picking ourselves up saying, okay, I can do this one more time. I can pick myself up. I can heal. I can smile. I can be gracious to myself. I can move forward one more time. And we have to say it every single fucking time. We will have to say that every single time that we have to pick ourselves up because if we, if we compile them, uh, and, or compound them rather, we let these hurts compound. It will never feel like the, the, this is the time that we have to pick ourselves up. It gives us a greater chance of being, uh, having a victim mentality. If we let these things compound for me, that's been maybe my saving grace is that I've learned that each individual pain does not compound on the other pain. It just is an experience that I'm going through right now. And for me, that's helped me to be honest about the healing that I need. It's, it's forced me to be honest about what part I've played in the situations And more than anything, it's forced me to do my damnedest to not ever feel like a victim, Uh, which is easy for any of us to do if we've experienced a lot of pain or loss or trauma. And so, friends, to wrap up this episode, which I feel like there's not nearly enough time, maybe I'll have to do a version two of this, but we've all experienced some form of loss. Lost a job, lost a pet, lost a friend, lost a child, lost a love, lost... Um, the list could probably go on of things that we've lost. Each of us has experienced some form of loss. And in that, what I'm going to ask you to do is not define yourself by the loss. If you've lost a parent, you're not, your, your identity is not in having lost a parent. If you've lost a child, your identity is not in my child died. If you're divorced, your identity is not I'm divorced. If Uh, you lost a job, your identity is not in, I got fired or laid off or whatever. Your identity is in the thing that woke you up in the morning on your best day. Those things are your identity, your personality, your traits, your skills, your smile, your eyes, the way that they sparkle when you meet somebody new, uh, the way that you connect with another human based on your story and theirs. These are the elements of you that I'm begging you to look at and to harness and to hold close to your heart as you go through loss. I'll also beg you to uh, not compound them. Each one is different than the other and each one carries its own weight. Carry the load of each loss appropriately, lay it down when it's necessary and move forward a little bit lighter. And lastly, 
if you've experienced great trauma or loss and you have not submitted yourself to some form of therapy, uh, I know that it's it can be embarrassing or confusing or hard to find. Uh, feel free to reach out to me. I'll help you any way that I can to find a therapist or to find some help in, in any way that uh, help may be necessary for you. But I would... I would suggest that if you've gone through a lot of trauma and loss and have never gone through therapy, at least try. And you may have to go through two or three therapists to find somebody that you really vibe with, but not doing it two or three times is better than not doing it at all. Friends, I appreciate you watching on Instagram and listening on the podcast. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, I will launch an episode this week. I don't know which episode. Um, if you want to ask questions or reach out for any help finding a therapist or you have any questions about this topic, uh, please feel free to do so. Tell your friends about the podcast if you want. That'd be cool. Um, I think that's it. Peace and love and smile. Unless you're having a shitty day, then don't smile till tomorrow. Uh, but smile at some point. Thank you guys for listening and supporting. We'll do this again soon. See ya.